Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. I am looking forward to this episode. This one's going to be a lot of fun and different from any episodes we've done recently. Today, we are going to the Kid Men Grab Bag. We are going to hit some questions that people have been asking about, some topics that people have been asking about. And so my good friend, Dave Renault is back again. And we're going to dive in on all sorts of stuff from event planning, strategizing, system structures, engaging parents, figuring out how do we grow and what happens when we grow. We're going to dive in on all of those topics over the next few minutes on this episode. So it's going to be big and fast and you better buckle up, put your helmet on, grab a notepad and a pen and get ready. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. All right. Well, before we do, I know there are leaders out there looking and thinking about how do I grow myself? How do I handle all of these kind of things? How do I lead healthy? How do I lead my teams in a healthy way? How do I build healthy ministries? Well, I want you to check out kmccoach.net. If you've struggled with managing systems and structures, if you've wondered what, well, do I need a system in place for this? How do I really engage parents? What are, what are they looking for today? All of those kind of things. You can look at a customized coaching journey through kmccoach.net. We give leaders an assessment that looks at your ministry. It's, it's pretty simple, but yet it covers about everything you need to think about as a leader. But we're also going to talk about how you yourself can grow and, and again, lead yourself in a healthy way because we believe healthy leaders create healthy teams that build healthy ministries. And without a coach, sure, you may reach some of those good levels, but everybody I know that's been in ministry for a while will tell you, you're only going to lead yourself so far. There's that law of the lid. You're only going to go so high. And then if you don't have somebody to push you up higher, that's, that's your lid. And let me tell you, coaching makes a difference. It's made a huge difference in my own life. And that's why I went and got a lot of training and I've done a lot of study and a research and I've been under coaches myself so that I could help other people along the way. There's a lot of people out there that call themselves ministry coaches that are offering ministry coaching. But again, you got to ask yourself, do they have the experience that I'm looking for to lean into? Have they ever been coached themselves? If they don't, I would tell you, be very careful because you're going to get what you pay for. Um, so if you want an experienced coach that has a variety of experience in a variety of sizes and contexts and cultures, schedule a 30 minute clarity call on kmccoach.net and we'll see if KMC coaching is a fit for you. All right, David, welcome back, my brother. Um, thank you. You ready to dive in on all this? Let's do this. This is going to be right. a good time. We probably should have had an actual grab bag for the video. Um, yeah, but we don't. So there's a we virtual don't. grab bag. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, these these questions, you know, we were sitting about and talking about what we we're going to talk about today. And these questions, I'm all the time in a bunch of different Facebook groups, and 
And the, a lot of the questions that we're going to talk about today are questions that I've seen from people like our audience, the, the Kidman yep. pastors that are asking questions about this stuff. And, and both of us, you know, Tom and I, we've been doing this for a long time. We've been down this road. And yeah. so we've learned a thing or two. And so we would love to uh, try to answer some of the biggest questions for this fall season that people are going through and, and try to help you navigate this time the best way you can to reach more people. That's right. The fourth quarter of the year brings... You, you've got the fall festivals, you've got mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, and then you've got the Super Bowl Sunday, Christmas. So you've you know, got all this stuff coming as a leader. And then Bible school's right around the corner. <laughs> that no. event which we do not speak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, at least until at, January. Yeah, at least until January. But, but we're not going to go that far oh, today. No. We're just going to talk about in fact, let's kick off this idea because we always start with the why. Yeah. So why are we talking about, why did we choose to do a grab bag of topics this morning or this afternoon or whatever? I can't even know when we're recording now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a day. You know, when, when you go back and you think about your early days in children's ministry, you get into it because like most likely you're a volunteer or somewhere and your life in children's ministry is all about what happens on Sunday. Yep. And when you get started in children's ministry, you're just excited about teaching kids about Jesus. And you should be. That's not a bad thing. But if you've done children's ministry longer than three months, you've also realized that children's ministry is a lot more than what happens on Sunday morning. There's a lot of other things that's put on the children's, children's pastor's plate that you have to manage and you have to take care of and do. And so that's um, that's why we're doing this large variety of topics because it's it's more than just what you do on Sunday morning. It's what you do all throughout the all throughout the week and throughout the year. Yeah, I think my big why in all this is that this is an area where if a leader hasn't thought these things through, these are the things that can start chipping away at their credibility. It can hinder their influence with their senior leaders. Yeah. And ultimately, it's going to affect their 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 teams. It's going to affect the ministry, the outreaches they want to do. There's a lot of little things that that yeah, we've got to get right. There's a lot of little plates that we spin, and we have to keep spinning them. And so, I think this is important that that we we get an episode where we can dive in on a variety of these things. I'm sure you know, and and people can search back on previous podcast episodes. We've talked about some of these in length in different, you know, each of these topics in different length. But I, I think this is going to be a lot, a lot of fun that if you haven't heard the podcast before, or you're fairly new to, to the listening audience, or you're new to ministry, here's some great things that you can buzz through and go, okay, do I have these things in place? And yep. if not, what do I need to do to get them? So yeah, let's start with the obvious. It's fall. I mean, I... I kind of curse the pumpkin spice people every time I'm out cleaning up my leaves because <laughs> every time these people start going, oh, it's pumpkin spice season, my leaves yeah. start to fall. And well, I have a lot south. of trees on my property. Oh, boy. I'm down here in the south. The leaves are not, they're just now starting to turn. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that many yet. And I was in Florida for a long time. We've got palm trees. Those, those, those leaves don't fall off. They just stay <laughs> Well, I'm already on round two. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have two huge, huge trees in my front yard, and I've got about mm. six or eight big giant trees in the backyard. Yeah. And it's, yeah, 
it's, it's hard to keep but, up with but all we're that. talking about kidmin not lawn service that's so. true we are not but we're so, but see the see what pumpkin spice does to me it it really it just, just i i have this it's like pumpkin spice and glitter to me yeah, are yeah. just yeah anyway all right let's okay. not go anyway there. so that, that talking about pumpkins you were just telling me that y'all did a big pumpkin sunday at your uh -huh. church you yep. had a big fall event so like what were when you did that fall event what was what were some of your goals what did you want to get right about when you're putting this event together to make sure that it was a success yeah that's a great question because i think this is a thing that if you're planning if you're still planning fall events or if you're going to plan a thanksgiving event or you're getting into a christmas event you need to be thinking through so first off we had a why our why was to bring families together to have a safe, fun opportunity for families to be together and celebrate the season. It was just that simple. Now, yes, our secondary is that we wanted to draw them into our services. We had a special offer that if children came to our service, they got a coupon for a free meal, a kid's meal at a food truck. We advertised that out to the community and it drew new families to our church that had never been to our church before. We had the highest Sunday of an attendance for children's ministry in years at our church. And so our why was we wanted to give a family something safe, something fun, something easy. It was, it was to create some memories. And so we, we said, look, this is what we're going to do. And this is why we're going to do this. We're going to spend money on it. We're going to create some time for it and space for it in our parking lot and in our field. So a bunch of us staff, you know, we parked out in, in, in Timbuktu <laughs> and in the grass, you know, we, yeah. we threw our stuff out there so we could open up parking spaces. And, and let me tell you, it was a grand slam event. We started with that clear why of this is what we want to do for our families. We want to, we want to give them some safe family fun. And I think sometimes leaders get scared. Churches get scared of, well, doesn't everything have to have a gospel message? Well, no, no it doesn't. Sometimes it's good to ha let people know that we have fun here. We, ha we like to connect with each other. We like to spend time together. And what unites us, yes, is Jesus. What unites us is the gospel. And, and by them coming to our services and their children being in our children's ministry, they got to hear the gospel. They got to hear about Jesus. There was no doubt that that got put out there. But the why behind of our event was just as simple as we want to have a safe, family, fun environment that gives parents a win, that we get to celebrate the season changes because it's beautiful up here. Yes, as much mm -hmm. as I grumble about the leaves, it is a beautiful time of year. I love it. I love the season changes. Even, yeah, it was a little chilly, a little windier than we'd like, <laughs> but but it was a it was a great event. And yeah. I was thrilled that that we met our goal. I mean, we had people laughing and having fun and engaging. People were posing for pictures in their picture board. Our yeah. our backdrops that we had, we had a petting zoo with a zebra. I mean. That was, I, I mean, people I'd were like, scared oh. to pet a zebra. I don't, I don't know how I feel oh, about dude, that. Oh, dude, they are so <laughs> soft. They are so really? soft. It's unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah, it's wow. awesome. It was uh, the most I, gentle creature ever. You know, what I, I think about the fall events and, and I do is, is that, you know, we want that, a lot of people want that gospel thing, but even Jesus said, like, if you, like, when you're going to tell someone that Jesus loves you, 
it's always more valuable to meet their need first and yeah. then say Jesus loves you as opposed to just walking by and just saying Jesus loves you. That's like, yeah. if you have two coats, give them one, you know, give, yep. give, them, give them another one. And so sometimes when you do a church event, like there isn't going to be a gospel. You can have a gospel element. Like when I've done fall festivals before, I had a prayer tent and I was very skeptical about this prayer tent. Like who is <laughs> going to come to my fall festival slash trunk or treat and want prayer? Like that it, they're going to be, you know, hitting all the trunks trying to collect candy. And I put up this prayer tent and got a couple of volunteers that were real passionate. They were intercessors. They were passionate about prayer. And they had some of the most incredible times praying for people. And it, it, it was not a lot, you know, it was less than 1% of the people actually came, actually came, were part of the prayer tent, but they were yeah. there and they were really able to minister to those people. And so it had that gospel element to there. And then also when you do these events, you want to have an, a, a place to invite them back to yes. come back to church because otherwise they just, you just do a party. You want to, yep. you want to come up with a way to collect their information to, uh, so that you can follow up with them later and thank them for coming and invite them back to what you're doing. Yeah. And I think, you know, to also finish answering your question about what do we need to get right? You need to have a good clear why you do need to have that plan that you mentioned. You also need to make sure that you have a plan for if it rains, you need to have a, you know, you need to have a backup plan. You need to make sure that you have a security plan. We, we got our local police involved and had extra police there that, you know, and we, they, they got free lunch for yeah. serving and being around and being a present. So, you know, we started thinking, you, you've got to start thinking about the little things. How are you going to get people in and out of the parking lot? How are you going to, where did, where are you going to park them? Where are you going to put all your stuff? Who's going to clean up after the zebra? Where are they going to go to the bathroom? Where are the people going yes, to go to the bathroom? Yes. Do you need to get porta potties? Are they going to use the ones inside? Uh -huh. How's that work? What are you yep. going to do? And so thinking through your why and your what and your how and, and thinking about, you know, the other part of this is, is if somebody walks on our property for the first time ever, are they going to know where to go and what to do? Mm -hmm. One of the things that we learned we didn't do well enough in our evaluation is we didn't have enough indoor signage. We had lots of outdoor signage, but we didn't have a lot of indoor signage where people who were walking into our building for the very first time weren't sure which entrance, because we have multiple entrances in our building, where was this pumpkin Sunday taking place? And yeah. we realized, ooh, we didn't have... And so we had people walking to the opposite end of our building only to be told, oh, you got to go all the way back down to the other side and out the door. <laughs> oh, boy. And, and so that was one of the things we, we missed. So if you're going to get it right, think about people who've never been to your building, who've never been to your church before, and what do they need to see and to know? Who do they need to engage with? Because those are things that are often missed when we're thinking yeah. about those kind of fall events. Well, um, and when you're thinking about that. like how to, when you think about that signage stuff and how do people think, and you want an example of it, go to your local hospital. and. Yes try to visit a room and without, even if you don't ask help, just try to visit a room because most likely every hospital I've been into, the signage is impeccable. You know, oh. you know, the, the room structure makes sense and you know, you got to get to room 634 and you're like, okay, how do I get there? And so, yep. they, and you can, you can follow the signs and it tells you where they are. So then you go to the same thing. You need to do the same thing in your, in your building, sit in your parking lot, 
like drive into your parking lot and pretend like you don't know where anything is and then see if you can find your way by signs that yep. can tell you where I need. Okay, I'm dropping my youth here, my kids here, my preschoolers here. I'm going here to get coffee. I'm going here that you can answer all those questions. And when you do a when you do a fall event, a lot of times those signs are temporary. And so you can make, you know, I've we I my last church, we bought a whole bunch of just sign holders that we could just mm -hmm. drop an eight and a half, eleven by sheet of paper into yep. there. And yep. we, as I thought through that process, I put out that sign at at strategic places that told exactly here's where this particular event is. Right. Because people are going to ask the question, my kid's got to go to the bathroom. Where do I need to go? You yep. know, where, you know, where is, where's the info tent? Where is the, the you yep. need to have those signage up to help people understand where to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, one of our big whys was drawing things in for families. And so if we're getting families in, how do we leverage those kind of events? Because with fall events and even some of our Christmas events that are coming, we have a great opportunity to leverage and engage with these families and these parents. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that we can leverage an event like a fall event or a Christmas event or Thanksgiving event? How do we leverage those to help parents win at home, disciple their kids, or maybe yeah. just win them back to coming to church on a regular basis? Right. I, I, I like the fall events because the fall events are, are unique uh, uh, over summer events because summer events like vacation Bible school and camp is like, is you bring your kids and you leave them with me. I'm going to teach you about Jesus. I'm going to send them home. But when you do fall events, like you're doing a Christmas play or you're doing a fall festival, this is all the families together. This is the parents with the child. And so you're trying to engage those parents there. So one of the things that, what do you try to think about when we're doing these to engage these parents is you think about how does like Disney World do it? That they want to create environments and they want to create activities that's family friendly, that engages all, every parent that like, okay, you got a trunk or treat and you have activities like, and the parent wants to play the beanbag toss, let the parent play the beanbag toss. You know, <laughs> yeah, it may be weird that they want to play hopscotch, but let them, if that's yeah. what they want to do. Yes. Let them do it because Disney's not going to, Disney doesn't look at you weird when you hop on it. It's a small world. Then it's nope. like, oh, yeah. Or the teacups or, or the Dumbo. Teacups. Yeah. There's <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you're a grown man. You're on Dumbo. What's going on? Yes. You know, yeah. So I, it happens. So you want to engage those parents and make them feel as welcome as possible. Also, yes. if you're going to do like, if you're going to do prizes or something, don't just do prizes for the kids, do prizes for the adults or do something yeah. that says you value the whole family. The whole so family. a lot of times when, yeah. what I, a lot of times what I would do, I live in the land of Chick-fil-A. Uh, and so the, <laughs> you know, it's like an hour, the whole, the first Chick-fil-A is like two hours from where I live. The, 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 what I would do is I would go get Chick-fil-A gift cards and I would buy a gift like, Hey, we're going to buy you dinner at Chick-fil-A. And so I go buy $50 worth of Chick-fil-A gift cards. And I would do a raffle or, or not a raffle, just like you just, yeah. if you give me your information, you're entered into a drawing to get yep. $50 worth of Chick-fil-A. And then like, we're honoring your whole family to be together. I'm paying for your family of four to have dinner at Chick-fil-A together. Yes. And that, that again, is like, we value the family and not just your child as, yes. as we try to serve them. I love that. We did the very similar thing. One of the things we did is had a People's Choice Award for the trunks. And so we gave families tickets 
to go around. I think they got like four votes per family or something like that. And they walked through and every booth had a little jar or can or whatever. I don't remember how we collected it, but the families could put their tickets in. And then we had people come around before the end of the event. We made an announcement. Hey, get your votes in. Now's your last chance. And we collected them all up. They were all numbered. And so we knew which number went with which trunk. And so the families, though, could put their name and email on the back of the ticket. And so as they were voting, that was entering them in for a drawing. And we had multiple prizes to give away. So, yeah, we had pizza night um, where the family won a large pizza and pop um, from a local pizza shop. Um, I think we did um, Chick-fil-A gift cards. We did uh, ice cream shop gift cards. We had a movie pack where they got popcorn and stuff and, at, you know, the coupon for, for a free family movie kind of thing at the theater. We, so you do a variety of things like that. It makes mm -hmm. the parents the heroes because they're bringing their kids to these events and they, they win something like that sometimes. But we gave every family some things that they could do. So, you know, you could find ways to hand out a, a little card or have a QR code that families could scan that lead a little family devotional, a little story that they could play together as a family and have some family discussion about, you know, the changing of the seasons and, and how God never changes or whatever. I mean, so I think there's ways that we can leverage these events. I think it's also a great opportunity to invite back and let parents know, hey, we've got a parenting group that's going to start soon. If you'd like to come check out, you know, how to become a better parent, because I think that's a huge need in our communities right now. Parents are wanting to know, how do I deal with my kids? How do I win with them? And so if you can offer them something, a mom, a mom's group, a dad's group, a, a co-parent group kind of thing, yeah. you can leverage these opportunities to share with parents. Here's some things we offer to you and your family. Here's how we can serve you if you have these kind of needs. And we want to be that church for you, that when, when you need something, we're here for you. And I think that's a powerful thing, you know, but I will also say, and I don't know if we've said it before, I, I think maybe I posted it in a Facebook group. Somebody asked a question about the whole idea of sharing the gospel and that kind of thing. And I said, if you're going to have a formal presentation, any kind of program with any of these events, you need to advertise that up front. I'll never forget going to a church where I was actually the entertainment. I was doing a PT Kaboom. He's a weird scientist show uh, yeah. for this church. The problem was, is that they hadn't really advertised the fact that you had to come to the program first before you could go to the egg hunt stuff. Yeah. And so people were showing up for the egg hunt and little to know that they had to go sit in a program for half an hour where they did some singing. And unfortunately they, they chose like worship songs. And I mean, you got unchurched people coming into the building and you're trying to have them sing and praise God. That went over like a lead balloon. Then they had to sit through my presentation, which they'd already been sitting for 20 minutes. It was like a 45 minute program mm -hmm. before they got to the egg hunt. And I heard I, after I got my costume off, I was just kind of walking around. There were people that I saw get up and leave during the program as they just left. So if you're going to engage parents, if you're going to leverage the event, make sure that you're honest with them and telling them what you're doing yeah. ahead of time, because you can have a big lose and you can lose influence with families if you don't yeah. tell them what to expect 
on those kind of things. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I, I did that one time. I, when I first started doing my egg hunts, I would do the, this like hour long presentation before they actually hunted eggs. And I went to the next church and tried to do that. And they said, that's called bait and switch. Yeah. And you can't do that. So I had to shift yeah. and, and do some stuff. But, uh, you know, let's, one of the things we talk about fall events, these are like outreach things, but there's yeah. other times in fall events where you do, it's an outreach, but it's more of like a service project for your church. Like we've uh -huh. done like food drives and stuff like, yeah. like that or, or food distributions. And so one ways that you can engage with the parents or engage the whole family is that, especially if you're doing like a food distribution for Thanksgiving, you can, kids can get involved with that. They can yes. take food and put it in the bag. They can, they can help load up the cars. And so families can serve together with that and that, and then they're actually enjoying being together, serving the community. Mm -hmm. And, and so while, yes, you're serving the community and you're helping them, but these families are also have an opportunity to serve. So because like following Jesus, yes, we need to read the Bible and study the Bible, learn following Jesus, but also following Jesus is about serving the poor and, and, yeah. and going out and doing things. Yep. So if you can create an outreach event that kids can get involved in, one of the, one of the churches I served in, what they would do is they would, we would do, it was like Operation Christmas Child, but we did it for the local neighborhood. The, the lower income neighborhood. And so we would take a Wednesday night and invite everybody, the family, the youth, the kids, and we would go and we would stuff the boxes. And so we would oh, have no. the boxes out so where kids could pick them up in the weeks preceding to stuff the boxes. But then it was never enough boxes. So we are, or, you know, we had to make sure the boxes were stuffed correctly. So it's fair for everybody. So we would open up all the boxes and, and then just, and put them all out there. And then you have, you got 50 year olds standing with five year olds stuff in these boxes and, and put it in there. And so that service project there is like, okay, we are all serving the community. And then she always did the, the distribution on like a Thursday afternoon, which was difficult, but we did, there yeah. were still some kids that came out there, some families that came out there that helped give these lower, these less privileged kids, these yeah. boxes and the, just the light on their faces of like, I'm helping, I'm doing something yep. else it, is that that is worth its weight in gold. That's more yeah. than just like making a cool craft at vacation Bible school. Yep. Not knocking think... the VBS craft, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a love hate with those two. But you know, I think we just when you're going back to the whole thing of why do we do those kind of events, one of those questions you got to ask is is how do we leverage this? How do we help parents win at home? Mm -hmm. How can we help parents help them? teach their children valuable lessons and life skills and priorities and doing stuff like, yeah, I mean, we had a church event where we did the, the meal uh, packing for, you know, where everybody stands in a production line and, and everybody's adding scoops. And so we had adults and kids working together, but it gave the parents an opportunity to talk about ki kids around the world that, that this, this food basket is going to feed them for months. And this is why we're spending our Saturday doing, you know, filling these bags and wearing the hairnets and, you know, yeah. doing all this stuff. And I think that's important. So I think that's some of the things that that leaders, as you're thinking about fall events, you got to be asking, how do we use this to help parents engage with their children, but also engage with our church, engage with each other? I think there's lots of ways we can think about engagement. And we ought to be picking one of those things at every event, you know, just to help parents see that we're here for them. We don't want anything from them. We, we've got something for them. And I think that's huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I remember my son, 
he helped my wife. He was the one who picked the theme for our trunk. And even <laughs> though I wasn't, I wasn't with the trunk because I had, to, I was running the thing. But my wife picked, she picked a theme for it, and 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 then he helped decorate the trunk, and then he actually manned the car for a little, manned the trunk a little bit, and helped hand out the hand out the stuff. Now he still, you know, I think he did the lap around our cars like three, four times. He he had so <laughs> much candy. I think we're still <laughs> eating it. <laughs> but but you know he we still had he still got to be a help and we provided that opportunity so uh, when you do these things with families your answer needs to be yes yeah. find a way to incorporate kids and families in there and, and and make it make it work for everybody together working together as as you go in there so let's say that like these events are super effective and all of a sudden your people people start coming to your church like what happens the <laughs> like this is a question that scares people is what would happen if all of a sudden you like tomorrow that Sunday your numbers doubled and then they kept coming your numbers did that was just your new reality yep. do you do to help <laughs> to like prepare for that growth and and like and, and then maybe maybe we can talk about this in a minute is is like okay you got to add another service what does that look like and and how do you how do you prepare for that? Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. Going into these kind of events, you have to know you're going to have to be consistent with them. And you're going to have, you're not going to get return of investment overnight. It's going to take consistency over time to do that. But scripture tells us, you know, don't get tired of doing the good stuff, right? If you keep going and you keep working in the due time, you're going to reap a harvest, right? That's what scripture teaches us is that harvest comes. And, you know, I mean, for the church that I'm at, even right now, we're seeing it. God has been blessing over the last few years. And this church has been very consistent about doing several events throughout the year, not a ton, but what we do, we put a lot of effort and energy into it to make it quality, to make it something worth coming to. and we are seeing families coming. And so this pumpkin Sunday that we just did, this has been an annual thing that we've done. And we had our highest attendance ever in children's mm -hmm. ministry. On top of that, this was our second Sunday at going to three services. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, That's so three, much stuff. So much three stuff. services. Now, yeah, I can tell people, even though we're a larger church, we're still understaffed on volunteers. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm my, my, my second weekend, we had the high, like I said, we second weekend, we've got the highest number of children showing up in all three yeah. services. All three services were above average in number of attendance. And on top of that, we, we do a lot of, of staffing and volunteering with our teenagers, with our students. Mm -hmm. It was homecoming weekend in three schools. Oh my gosh. So, um, I had to have a plan. Now our plan to grow was, is that, you know, we, we were going to break down into more small groups so that we could maintain our, our ratios in a good, healthy place so that we can do good connection. And so every child can be known that every child can be loved. Every child can be heard and every child can be encouraged in the gospel and, and their next steps. Obviously to make that happen, you've got to have enough volunteers or you have to be creative in how you do things. So mm -hmm. we started thinking about how are we going to pull this off? We changed up our, our method. We, we, we are not doing stuff in group in small rooms. 
we're taking advantage of a larger space right now because we know we don't have a ton of volunteers. We've, excuse me, we've moved to more of a facilitator model where right now what I'm doing is the volunteers that I have sit around the groups. And for the next few weeks, as we're adding to our teams and we're slowly getting more to come to the team because people are seeing the need and we're, we're recruiting actively. But I'm facilitating from the stage right now. And so I lead the small groups from the stage. The small group leaders engage with their groups. I even have a group sitting next to the stage that I facilitate with right now. Oh my gosh. And, and we're doing the best that we can. And I'm telling people, you know, I've told people before, don't beat yourself up. You know, some of us get so overwhelmed with, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Stop mm. looking at all what you don't have and look at what you do and how do you make it the best. I want yeah. to make Sunday mornings the best discipleship opportunity I can for the kids, meaning mm -hmm. I'm going to teach less for more. I'm going to give more opportunity for them to engage during the lesson time. I let kids ask questions. I dialogue with them a little bit. And then my small group leaders, like I said, I'm facilitating, especially because I have new leaders coming on our team. And the best way I can help them grow and learn how to get to be a, a leader is we've got we've to facilitate from there and train them on the job. And so as people are coming, you've got to have, but here's the other part. We've added more check-in stations mm. because we've got less time in between services. So we've got to get more people checked in and checked out. So we've changed our checkout system, the way we are mm. checking kids out of the room we're we're streamlining it and and yeah. we have an entrance in and an entrance out and there's a little like uh chain almost like a baby gate that separates it, oh my it cracks me up it's like we have this cage area and, and parents can cage match for kids but but we've 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 set up the room so that we can have uh -huh. parents filter in we call off names we check id tags mm -hmm. make sure everybody's getting placed with the right people and out the door while people are checking kids in and checking, making sure they've got name tags coming in the room. So we have an yeah. in and out uh, through two doors. So we've, but we've added more iPads. We've added more graders to help families get around. We've mm -hmm. put up some more signage to let families know, here's the new check-in station for you. If you're a first timer, here's where you go. So there's no doubts. They can see it coming down the hallway. It's on the ceiling. So we've been thinking through all those kind of things. How do we streamline our service? What are we doing that matters during mm -hmm. that time? Because we're, we are locked in to a certain amount of time right now. And we yeah. have only a certain amount of time to turn things over. So everything we do has got to be simple and effective and has to be changed over in less than 15 minutes oh uh, because gosh. we've got a new group coming in. It's That's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. But I'm having a blast, man. I'm having That's a blast. I am dud tired. I'm dog tired, dead tired. I am wiped out, man, on mm. Sunday afternoon for a few hours. I, I get a great Sunday afternoon. <laughs> but it feels good to know yeah. that we are, I mean, from our, from our pumpkin Sunday, we had 20 some new families show up that mm -hmm. had, had not been in church before. They're brand new to our church. We've got our, you know, we'll talk about follow-up stuff and all that yeah. later, but, um, but we are starting to think about those kind of things. How many more people do we need? Um, mm -hmm. Since we are almost doubled, <laughs> yeah. our ceiling is now raised. So we're like, okay, what do we need now? And yeah. we're now recruiting for that. We have a new number to recruit towards. And so 
we're evaluating and inspecting everything. So every Sunday, mm-hmm. I'm making notes about what went well, what didn't go so well. How did checkout and check-in work? We had to test our backup plan Sunday on top of Pumpkin Sunday, on top of Homecoming Weekend, on top of being crazy big numbers. Several of our iPads and, and printers went down. Oh, no. Oh, no. Of course it did. Of course uh, it of did. Of course it did. It, yeah. <laughs> now, if we had added two more iPads, having two go down would have been catastrophic. Yeah. But we still had several in place. Our check-in team knew what to do. They pulled out the temp tags so the parents didn't have to wait. They filled mm-hmm. them out, used them. It honestly, the lines worked. It went were very very short, and we moved a lot of people through. So, think, yeah, um, there's a I lot to go on there. the The principle that I that I think about when I think about this is is that God will only send you the amount of people that you are prepared to take care of. Yeah, And I've, I really like, I think of VBS as like a microcosm of what your children's church is doing. And that's really <laughs> a great time to stress your systems. And yes. every VBS I've done where I have, where I have recruited volunteers, I was planning for a certain number of kids. And whether I got to that number of kids or not, what I always hit was the exact right amount of kids for how many volunteers I had recruited. And, and so, so what you can do now, whether your church is growing or not, and when your church is growing, it's super exciting because you got new people and new salvations, new baptisms. It's amazing. But then there's other times where like, you're just spinning your tires and it's stagnant and you're looking at the same group of kids you were looking at six months ago. And that's okay. They're like, don't get down on yourself. But what what you can do is you need to start thinking about, put yourself in that growth structure of what can we, if this number was to double. How many volunteers should I have? Yep. If this number was, if, if there's this many kids were supposed to double, how would my check-in and check-out process would go? And so what you start doing is like, what I do is I create a flow chart in PowerPoint. I just use the smart art, which is a super fun thing. <laughs> and it just puts in this hierarchy and I just put out all the jobs. So it's like, okay, if yep. I have 30 kids, how many small group leaders do I need? Okay, yep. that's all the small group leaders I need. All right, well, how many small group leaders do I currently have? And yep. then I put names in and then, uh-oh, I'm missing three or four three or four people. Well, now I have a strategy. I yep. know that I am recruiting specifically for this many small group leaders. And so I go and I'm looking for people because you're only going to find what you're looking for. If you're yep. not looking for it, you're not going to find those people. Right on. So, so go ahead and figure out the people that you're going to be looking for. Figure out what you want them to do write it out, make a job description, write it out of what you want them to do, and then go look for those people and bring it in. And then when you start bringing them in, then then more more kids start coming and more people start coming, then you're going to have to adjust and keep working those systems. There's no system that you can just set it and forget it. You're right. constantly going to have to tweak that system. My favorite quote uh, when I talk about systems is the Norman Schwarzkopf said it. I actually learned this from playing Call of Duty, which is fun. But it said that I saw it over and over again as I died in this one stupid level. And it said, said, no battle plan survives contact with the enemy. And so you can have the best plans in the world. But as soon as that event starts, it's all out the window. And but if you've done the pre-work, if you have if you have your plans, you have your backup systems, you have all those that then you have flexibility so that when obstacles come your way, when. When like one time I did a family Sunday after VBS, I invited all the parents to come in and sit in kids church. 
and my my PowerPoint computer went out in the middle of worship. Yeah. And it was okay. So like we had to completely shift the service. And there was a minor minor panic attack that I had in the sound booth by myself. Uh, but then it was like, okay, well, we just, just got to move forward. And so here, yep. here we go. Yep. Um, but that, but because, because the systems were there and we trained our people, we were able to work through that uh, and be prepared for those new services and be prepared for those new people so that when your senior pastor comes into you and says, we're going to open a second service, we're going to open a fourth service, a third service, you already have been building the leadership and you're ready to go yeah. and, and get those people to set. And that's, that's the key is thinking through, and that's, yes, what, what you would be forced to do later, start doing now. Mm -hmm. So you may say, well, yeah, like I said, I, I'm in a smaller church and, and we don't know when, yeah, you don't know when you're going to grow. But again, if you're not ready for the growth, you know, and sometimes God sends these little bursts to show you, to show you that test of yeah. whether you're ready for it or not. You know, I've seen some things already that I'm like, my goodness, if we don't get ahead of some of these things, and there are some systems and structures, which we're going to dive into next here, yeah. um, we've got to get in place better and we've got to tighten them down. We need to recruit for some specific age groups because we have a couple age, we have a couple grades that are big and looking down the road in another year, the group that's moving up into our first grade is, is bigger than what the current first grade is. So looking ahead for next year, I'm already starting to go, okay, we need four more small group leaders to manage that group that's coming up, you know? And I, so I'm looking at those numbers. So yeah, knowing your numbers is huge. If you're going to grow or if you're starting to grow, being, here's a big one too, be flexible with joy. Mm -hmm. If you want to earn huge points with your senior leaders, show that flexibility. And if you want to win over your team, be flexible with joy. I, the one thing that I my my next gen pastor relayed to me recently here, well, just after this last Sunday, was he's gotten feedback from volunteers that they've been impressed at how I'm not. I, I'm not, they're not, they're, I can't, I hate using the word unflappable, but they're, they're seeing, they're seeing me calm, cool, collected. And it's mm -hmm. like the duck floating across the pond. Oh yeah. That duck looks calm and cool on this gliding across the water, but underneath that thing is paddling like crazy. Yeah. That was me on la last Sunday because I, you know, I'm like, oh my word, we have, if these kids realize they outnumber us, we're in trouble. Yeah. But, but then again, if I keep my composure, if I stay flexible with joy, if I work the systems that I have, if I adapt and, and, and go to my other plan, because as a good leader, I've learned as a seasoned veteran, I've learned to always have one or two plans ready to go lined up where I don't have to go searching for stuff. It's there if I need it. I needed it this past Sunday. So all that to say, that was a big lead in. And I think to this next big question that, that we've mm -hmm. got to hit before we run out of time is yeah. there's a lot of leaders that forget about systems and structures. And when they hear those words, their eyes roll back in their heads. But if they're going to fuel growth, you have to, you know, you have to have some of these things in place. You have to consider some key systems. And 
I want to spend a few minutes here talking about what are some key things that we can come up with that every leader, regardless of the size of church, because I think there's some overriding systems and structures. I don't care if you've got 10 kids or 450 kids, you have to have some certain things in place. What are some of those things that you feel like are absolute essentials? And we won't, we obviously don't have time to get exhaustive, but what, what are some of your top things that you're like, if you're listening to this episode and you're new in ministry, you ought to be checking these things because if you don't have them, you need to get them. You need to, I think the first thing that I go to is that first impression is so, so very important. People are going to make the decision. That's top of my list. Yeah. People are going to make the decision in the first 15 minutes of whether or not they're going to come back. So your check-in process needs to be top-notch. It needs to be well thought through. It needs to be quick. It needs to be efficient. And and so- Does it have to be high-tech? No, it does not. It does not have to be high-tech. As much as I love technology, (laughs) I love it. I use it too much. There are some times where like just a paper and, and, you know, like my backup system, because technology will fail, uh, my, it, my backup yes. system is is literally like Avery 5160. That's those two by four inch labels. Yep. And I write the kid's name on, I write the kid's name twice, one for the kid, one for the parent. Here you go. And like, yep. if you can't afford the iPads and the computers and the check-in stations and, and, and the robust church management system, just that alone of like, here's this tag and I need you to bring this back. So I know that you belong to him. There you go. And then just that, that alone is with check-in, but then also you want to collect their information. You need to have a system that communicates to them that we have this together. Because if, if that, if, if the parent tries to drop their kids off and it looks unsafe or it feels chaotic, they're not coming. That's right. You need like, okay. They're like organized chaos is okay. So if the kids are like playing and they're being loud and they're rambunctious and moving around. Okay, that's that's okay if they see that, but if there's plenty of leaders that's around that's kind of managing the thing, if you got adults yep. playing with the kids, they're going to be okay with that. But yep. if their kids are just like, it looks like they're jumping all up and down in chairs and going crazy, or if you show up and they're ready to drop out their kids and you don't have a way to check, the, to collect their information, at least get a phone number from them, they're going to feel very unsafe Yes, uh, of, of being in there. Yes, so that, I that's, agree. You want to get that check-in system. And then on the opposite end of it, you need to have your follow-up system set. That'd be my it's, number two. <laughs> right. So you collected all of their information. What are you going to do with that information? How yep. are you going to invite them back? And not just the kid, but also the parent. And so a lot of times what I would do is I would like, I'll make a postcard and I'll handwrite a little note or I'll have their small group leader handwrite a little note and send off to the kids. But and then I'll hand off the parent to make sure the adult assimilation process happens because a lot of times what happens in children's ministry we collect more information than the adults do. A parent will fill out, will give you their social security number and their house loan number on a card if it means safety for their children, but they're not going to fill out that connect card sitting in the back of the pew. And so you're the one that has all the information. So yeah. share that with the with the whole church assimilation process and make sure that that process is working. And if it's not working, you need to do the follow-up yourself. Call that parent. Yes. Uh, send, send a letter to that parent. Thank them. And then what I did a lot of times with follow-up system is that card I sent them, I said, bring this back for a prize. And then yep. when the kid came back, 
whether they brought the card or not, I, you know, did, I was like, oh, yeah, great. Here, here's this. Here's my, I had a store, yep. but you can get the treasure box or you can do something of like, yeah. hey, here's, you can have, you can have this just for coming back. Yeah. And then the, you want to celebrate them coming back that you know them and you're excited that they're there for them. It's, so what are, what are some, I did, I did the two easy ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> intro and outro. So what are some things? Well, not I, I think the next thing would be is, is your volunteer system and your structure. Yeah. You need to figure out, again, we talked about this a little earlier in the episode, you need to know your numbers. So you need to know how many kids you have in every room, every grade, every age group, however you break them down, make it simple, but have it, have it figured out who, how many people do I need? How many people do I currently need? And then you need to know that. What if I double number? So you need to have that in place. You also need to know where am I going to put them? So am I, do I have enough rooms for all these groups? Uh, am I going to have to shift some rooms? Am I going to have to switch rooms around? I think sometimes we make the huge mistake of forcing people into rooms and then saying, well, I don't have enough room for this group. But you've got five kids in a room that's built for 40 and, mm -hmm. and you've got, a, a room that has 40 kids in it built for five right swap the rooms if you have to repaint for a season then repaint bucket of paint is cheap having kids that are 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 eating each other alive and bouncing each other off the walls you're gonna have leaders quitting i'll just guarantee you that right there so think about your space usage think about how you know your numbers and then you have to create those little job descriptions, a little, here's how we win sheet. Mm -hmm. it, it can be short. It can be simple because again, these are expectations you have that you're going to inspect. If you expect it, you better inspect it. If you don't inspect it, then people know you don't really care about it. Um, so you have to know, this is what I want my leaders to do. This is my expectation. I think one of the huge mistakes young leaders make is they try to make it too simple. Mm. And that to me communicates, well, this isn't really that important. Anybody can just do this. I want children's ministry to be a high calling. I don't want it to be impossible to get into. Well, for some people, yes, uh, I do want to keep them out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking um, about those people. <laughs> but yeah, well, there's, there's people that see children's ministry as a soft target too, for wanting to do harm to kids. So those people, yeah. I definitely want to make it hard for. But having a job description and having a system of, hey, you're going to apply. Here's how to do it. You can scan this QR code. You get an application. You fill out a background check. You also then get emailed our expectations and our, our ministry covenant of this is how we expect you to act and live and, and dress and whatever. I mean, we keep it simple and it's not, it's not legalistic and it's not one of these suffocating things. But it's just saying, hey, this is valuable and it matters. And, and so we want you to come in prepared. We want you to own what you do. We want you to know the kids' names. We want you to have read the, the leader's guide at least once, if not twice or more, before you show up on Sunday morning. We want you to communicate if you're not going to be here, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Find your, find your substitute if you have that policy. The other part is, is setting up a structure for serving, knowing this is how we're going to have, I have, I've seen people that just let people pick the times and they're just, and let me tell you the least, if the less commitment they make, the less committed they will be. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So be very, very careful. I know some churches, you know, you only have one service. And so you're looking at, you know, well, we should only ask them to do once a month. But be careful because how often, you know, that's 12 times a year. Well, guess how many times they're going to miss during that year? A lot more than so that. If, do the math. If you're you're going to have to build, build a bigger bench if you're going to do that. So I mm -hmm. think job descriptions is is huge. Having a, a knowing your numbers is huge. Having a, a schedule is huge so that people know when they're going to serve. And my last thing that I would say is you've got to communicate. You need don't be one that holds all the holds all the cards and yes. nobody knows how to do anything. You need to cross train people. We were just having this conversation on our team. I, I'm fairly new to the system that they use for check-in. And I said, you know what? I need to be cross-trained. I need to know how to put stickers in the, in the machine. I need to know how to unjam it. I need to, I need to know how to enter a family. I need to know the backup system. We're cross-training our small group leaders to do check-in and check-out just in case we need some extra help at the doors. Our emergency policy, what do we do? How do we contact the safety team? There's, there's all these kind of things that way for communication, but then there's also this communication of, again, letting me know when you're not available to serve or if you're sick or if, if you're going to be going on vacation or if you don't understand this week's activity, what should you do? So anyway, or how ooh, you we're going to run out of time. How you, how you communicate with them. I did, you know, spend some time. Like I always try to think about, like, okay, how the the closer you are to me, the more communication you're going to get yes. to me. So, like, yes. if you were like a leader of the ministry, you're getting specific emails about being the leader of the ministry, but then you're also getting the emails I'm sending to the people who are layers underneath you. And yep. so you might get a three, four emails a week, but that's because you're closest to me. But that person that like they serve once a month. In as a small group assistant, they're only going to get one one email from me a week. But it's like, okay, what? How much information do they need to have? And then share that information so that they can yes. get that. You do not want to hoard your information, <laughs> and no. then and then use automation tools as best you can. So like yep. a lot of those emails that I would send out, like I would use Planning Center Services, and so I would automate they yep. send an automatic email on Thursday, and then another one on Saturday saying, "Hey, it's your week to serve." And yep. then I didn't have to remember that. That's that just automatically went out. And I did the same thing with all my social media stuff. You can yep. use face Facebook business suite. You can use that to plan to schedule your stuff in Facebook groups and Instagram. Yeah. You you don't have to spend, you don't have to remember to do this every day. You can spend a certain amount of time on one day and just schedule out for your whole week. It takes a little bit more planning, but it opens up your time to to really communicate yep. with everybody. Ooh. Wow, I think we've I think we've fire hosed a few people, but they can go back and listen to it. I hope I hope yeah. that y'all understand that this is these are this is this is just ideas from two seasoned guys who've been in ministry for the long haul and and we care about you all and we want mm -hmm. to see great harvest happen. And it does feel like a lot, but if you sit down and you block out your time, like we've talked about in other episodes, you can go back and look, listen to some of the healthy leader episodes and some of the healthy team episodes. We talk about some of these kind of things of, of find your rhythm and find what works for you and stick to it. Be consistent over time. Not perfect. Be consistent. And the more consistent you are, the more leadership influence you're going to gain with your team and they will run through brick walls for you. If you lead them, they will follow.
So keep after it. And, and don't, again, the scriptures say, you know, don't become weary in doing the good, but stick with it because in proper time, we reap a harvest if we don't give up. I have to remind myself of that scripture all the time. So as we wrap up, because we really do have to wrap up because this has been a little longer episode, but I, I'm hoping people stuck with us. Give me your, your most important thing for kids ministry leaders. If you had one thing to yeah. say to a new leader, don't miss this out of all of our grab bag stuff, or maybe something we haven't talked about, what would be yeah. your one thing? Uh, well, I, my one thing is, and I say this to every new leader that comes in, I think I said this on this podcast before, is that the most important thing is your relationship with Jesus. Yep. You love Jesus before you got into this. Let's hope you love Jesus when you, when you leave this thing. And the way you continue to love him throughout this, the, the way you come up with the solutions to your problems is Jesus. God yeah. knows everything, everything. He knows all the circumstances. He knows everything about everything. So go to him, ask him yeah. for wisdom, but walk with him daily. And so when you have those tough times where you show up and you got 60 kids and it's you and your spouse trying to make it happen, you're just trusting the Lord that yeah. he's going to, that, that he's walking with you, that it's going to make it best for that day. And then come up with a, with a solution. So you don't have to keep living in this world. Keep that relationship with Jesus because when those hard days come, when you get that hate mail from that parent and you're just like, I don't even know if I want to keep doing this. Just yeah. remember, Jesus still loves you. And, and he yeah. was proud and God was proud of you before you did a thing. And so we're, you're going to keep on doing what he called you to do. And you're going to keep believing in him and believing in what he's called you to do. And you're going to serve him faithfully, no matter how difficult it gets. I'm just going to leave it right there and say ditto. Yeah. I think that's spot on. All right, my friend. Man, this has been fun. This has been good. I'm glad we got to do this series of podcasts. And if you've missed any of the previous episodes, go back through. Check out the ones just before this episode because we've had a lot of great conversations with David. And we'll be bringing him back. We've got more we want to do down the road for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, I wanted to dig in on this, these healthy series and the Kidman basics and all of that. I just think they're powerful things to, to talk about. So, hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective podcast. And again, check out David's blog. There'll be links in the show notes that you can check it out. Go to kidsministrycollective.com. You can see all of our podcasts. You can search topics there. There's a small blog there. We're starting to add more posts all the time. Uh, to that, as well as courses and resources. And if you're not part of the Kids Ministry Collective Facebook group, come check us out. We've got some great things coming up, some live teaching that's going to be happening soon in the group. And, and uh, there's a lot of sharing of resources and ideas. So come be a part of a community where you can use the collective experience and wisdom and encouragement of, of the Kid Ministry leadership community. So God bless you. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. 
And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.